0: Gone in 60 seconds was a, was a headline that we were toying with, I remember it well, um, back at our old base um, back in August 2010 when, when Martin O'Neill stormed out. Was it unexpectedly? Possibly so. Um, I, well, actually, I think we all expected him to leave because the, the fault lines and the, and the fractious relationship was only widening into a chasm as the months ticked by, as his relationship with, with Randy Lerner and Paul Faulkner and the Villa Board deteriorated. But it was just the timing of it. It was eight days before the, the start of the season, I think. And it was, I don't think it was a deliberate act of sabotage, but I think it was very much of the chance of I'm going to leave and ensure that my successor. Doesn't have the time or the tools or the preparation to make a good job of this. It was it was the, the, the sale of James Milner that was a, a cause of cause of the conflict, and the reason we were toying with this gone in 60 seconds headline was because I'd heard uh, in the days following following O'Neill's departure, I'd heard that it was very much a blunt gone in gone into Paul Faulkner's office, kind of almost handed in his notice verbally, and then. Gone, gone straight out again, uh, with Paul Faulkner kind of looking, kind of open mouth, wondering what's just gone on there. Now we all know what happened following that. First of all, I got Radio Belfast, but Radio BBC Belfast, onto me for the first and last time ever in my life to try and make sense of it. But over and above that, it set in motion a, a chain of events and a number of years that saw Aston Villa go from Champions League contenders to Championship also runs for a, a couple of seasons. It did start. With O'Neal, O'Neal can't take all of the blame, but him leaving did, like I say, set in motion a, a miserable decline in Aston Villa's history, which we're only just now, in the end of 2019, seeing Aston Villa escape from. A football pitch on a sunny afternoon in the middle of... Of is probably not where you'd associate with a great in sporting stories being told and unfolding. But that's what happened when Stylian Petrov tried so desperately, desperately hard to make his playing comeback for Aston Villa. Um, I remember being at that game, uh, I think I was live blogging it on my mobile phone, perched on a wheelie bin. It was such an outpouring of emotion. At the end of that match, I remember Villa fans swamping uh, Swamping Stan Petrov on the pitch, kind of, just to have their photos taken, just to give him a pat on the back, a hug. You know, blessing the poor guy was kind of blowing, to be honest, because if you consider the, the Petroff story, what he'd been through, that horrible, horrible, uh, horrible illness and disease that he, he showed such such a desire and a determination and a real good nature to to battle through I remember being at Bodymore on the the, the afternoon that, that Alex McLeish delivered the news that, that, that Stan Petroff had got leukemia we'd just been giving Alex McLeish a battering in that press conference a couple of moments earlier because Villa was struggling that season and to his credit McLeish took that on his shoulders came back in the room 15 minutes later and, and delivered this news we all know what happened after that it it epitomised what Aston Villa's like as a family what football's like as a family those 19th minute salutes to who is a bona fide club legend now perhaps didn't always get the credit he deserved as a footballer um, but as a bloke, as an inspiration and as a hero um, I was w- was proud of, of Stan Petroff and still am sta- proud of Stan Petroff and proud of the way that Aston Villa supported him and his family to, to get through the, what, such a horrible, horrible time What a winker, what an absolute winker, Fabian Delph's face appearing on the, on the scoreboard at Villa Park at half time of the FA Cup game against Bournemouth, you know we were told then He signed a new contract. You know, one of the absolute rising stars of English football at that time had pledged his future and commitment to Aston Villa. What we weren't told then was that that contract included a very meagre, measly buyout clause for one of the rising stars of English football at that time. Fast forward to the summer months when Villa are away on tour. Delph has played his part in getting Villa not only to safety, but to the FA Cup final. Tim Sherwood has breathed fresh life into a football club that up until that point was on its ass. We we're looking forward with excitement. Fabian Dalf, Christian Benteke, a rising Jack Grealish. It was going to be an exciting summer, especially with the, the exciting transfers that the transfer committee had got planned for us. It wasn't to be. Fabian Delph, um, we've all seen the gif, haven't we, of Grandad Simpson when he comes in the door, puts his coat on the hook, forgets where he is, takes it back off and disappears again. Fabian Delph epitomised that when he decided that, yeah, yeah, I'm here to stay. I love Aston Villa. I'm your man. I'm a happy winker next minute he'd painted himself as a snake um, only seen with Steve Hodge in the 80s probably when Paul Tate comes back to, to Villa Park anytime or when Robbie Savage comes to Villa Park um, turn himself into a hated figure I don't think people begrudged him leaving but it was just the kind of you know the fake badge kissing and yes I'm I'm here to stay and then the next minute nope you're not so next time we returned to Villa Park load of inflatable snakes loads of hissing noises and Villa Park made it quite clear what they thought of what ended up being an embarrassing transfer u-turn by fabian delf if steve jobs of apple fame was still with us he probably would have by now invented an iphone that allowed you to tweet with your buttocks um fortunately jolene lescott um, the supposed word Villa fan um, managed to to devise that himself imagine picture the you don't need to picture the scene you were all there a 6-0 defeat a 6-0 defeat at Villa Park to Liverpool on Valentine's Day the Valentine's Day massacre even Toure scored, which I think the fans were, the Liverpool fans were chanting that day. It was horrible. It was grim. It was 90 minutes that summed up a shocking, desperate, embarrassing, humiliating season for Aston Villa Football Club. So, if you're part of that, if you're a defender who's been turned inside out and, to use a very slangy parlance, torn a new one that afternoon... <laughs> If you that defender, you probably just want to kind of slip away, go back to your gated mansion and, you know, have your protein shake and go to bed. No, Jolene Lescott thought it would be a good idea to tweet a picture of a flash. Was it a Lamborghini or a Mercedes? I'm, 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 not, I'm not a car man. Uh, it was certainly something a, a little bit more grand than my Vauxhall Astra. Uh, it was horrible, you know. I think think he tried to kind of thread together some kind of m- mediocre, miserable excuse, but it just isn't the dumb thing. When Villa fan base is feeling so so down on itself and so down on their football club to kind of flaunt a top of the range Mercedes at them um, within 20 minutes, half an hour of the final whistle. To me, that was that was the moment that summed up that relegation season more than any other. We want you out. Randy Lerner out I just don't think you understand from European nights to relegation fights we want Randy Lerner out that was a song that grew in terms of regularity that grew in terms of volume and that grew in terms of venom as it became clear that the American dream of Randy Lerner catapulting Villa back to those glory days of the early 80s was actually becoming a nightmare it, it really surfaced when Villa fans, who, like most football fans, to be honest, kind of have their moans on Twitter, have the moans on on the, the radio phone-ins, and have the moans in the pub, but don't actually take action. This was such a crisis for Villa that Villa mobilised as a fan base. They arranged a protest. I remember walking from the, the Holt pub um, back back to the, the, the Trinity Road entrance. You know, kind of witnessing this protest, and it was just an outpouring of come on, if you don't care, like you said, that you care, get out of our club, give somebody else a chance give somebody the chance to, to really kind of live the dream, dream that you've promised us. It was it was it was Villa fans in action more than I've seen. Probably with the the, the um, probably with the exception of the, the McLeish protest. It was Villa fans saying we if somebody else isn't going to take charge of our club, we are we all know what happened. It wasn't too, too long after before we had another false dream with Tony Jar coming in. Eventually, we've got back on an even keel with Wes Edens and, and Nassif Suarez, but that to me was a pivotal moment in the changing of the guard that has finally allowed Villa fans to dare to dream once again. There's an image from the end of Aston Villa's playoff final defeat to Fulham, and it's an image of Tony Jar sitting all alone, in a packed stadium how do you manage to be all alone in a packed stadium but he must have felt like he wanted the ground to open up and swallow him up as did most Villa fans to be honest Villa had lost the richest game in football from a Villa fan point of view it was the fact that they were marooned in the championship for another season for Tony Jarre, losing the richest game of football meant losing the biggest gamble at the casino that you've that you've ever seen. We didn't realise when we looked at that image of Tony Jar h- how much of a cost that defeat had come at. But we did begin to realise in the coming weeks and months, it wasn't long before we heard stories about unpaid tax bills. We were even hearing stories about players taking their own packed lunch to Bodymore Heath because catering bills were cut. I mean, they should their own pat lunch anyway to be honest who can't get some salmon sandwiches wrapped in tin foil and a Kit Kat but I digress the thing was that we realised then in Tony Jar's expression and in what unfolded subsequently that this guy who came in saying he'd got a five year plan to make Villa bigger than Barcelona was about to exercise a five-year plan that could make Aston Villa smaller than Pelsall Villa. It was a shocker. It was a really, really, really grim moment that Villa were closer to the brink than they've been in their rich, illustrious history. And if it hadn't have been for those the, the cavalry arriving in terms of Wes Edens and Nassif Sawiris who knows what state Aston Villa would be in, the big learning lesson from, from that, that, that whole episode was... You don't gamble, you don't gamble to that extent with Aston Villa Villa fans would rather have a football club to support even if it meant another year or another two in the championship than their pride and joy something they they work hard every week to support just being disappearing without a trace. It really was on the brink, and I don't think I still can't forgive Tony Jar and the people around him for gambling with with our football club like that. If I'd have been born in a family where I knew sometime soon I'd probably be sitting on the throne I could be chauffeured around the the world to meet some of the most fascinating people in some of the best hotels I'd probably been grinning from ear to ear like Prince George was at Carrow Road I think Prince George is one of our own No, you know, he might have um, blue blood rather than Clareton Blue Blood by the fact of his upbringing. But what a fantastic story that Aston Villa is a football club of a big enough scale to have a rise of celebrity fans. I remember when Nigel Kennedy, um, a long-forgotten violinist, used to be Aston Villa's number one celebrity fan. In the last decade, despite it being a very, very bleak decade in Aston Villa's history, not only have we had... Prince William and Prince George as Villa fans we've had Tom Hanks the A-list Hollywood megastar declaring his love for Aston Villa we've even had David Cameron he who is to blame for the Brexit mess we all find ourselves in without me getting too political we even had David Cameron declaring his undying love to the Clarit and Blues he couldn't remember which set of Clarendon Blues, admittedly he didn't know whether it was Aston Villa or West Ham. But the point that I'm making is Aston Villa are a, 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 a big business. Where you can support Man United, the Windies and Team GB all at the same time. Of course I'd rather you supported West Ham. You've said I think before that to governance to choose... Um, do you choose West Ham or do you choose Villa? Sorry, uh, I had a, uh, what's, what I had what um, Natalie would des- uh, describe as a brain fade. I, I'm a Villa fan. I don't know what uh, happened to me. I must be overcome by something uh, this morning. It's these moments, even during the bleak times, that rem- remind you, yeah, decent, did not they? Decent, isn't they, Aston Villa? A really big deal. I can't remember which of the saviours it was directed at, but it was a, a balmy summer night outside Walsall's Banksy Stadium of all places it might have been Naz it might have been Wes but I just remember the two new owners who had just sealed the deal for Aston Villa that very day or certainly within, within 48 hours (laughs) there's <laughs> a fan who kind of, as they jumped out of their, their, their blacked-out windows Mercedes, a fan made a beeline for them and it said, find us a loophole, find us a loophole, Wes, find us a lo- loophole, Naz. They did find a loophole. They found a way to bring Villa back from the brink of financial fair play sanctions. Not only that, they found a way to get Dean Smith through the door, they found a way to energize a season that we thought could have ended in despair and they turned it into a promotion season. Now I'm sure Nassif Sawiri's and Wesley Edens won't want to take credit for it. You know, they probably they probably lean more towards the Randy Lerner sit in the background style of, of ownership than they do the Tony Jarre tweet every single moment style of ownership. But Let's not mistake that Aston Villa's balance sheets of the last 10 years have been an absolute disaster, an absolute disaster. Now, from the twin forces of having these two guys who are showing us that they care, and let's not get too carried away because it's early days but they've invested they've saved this football club and they've been able to bring about a set of circumstances that have have got Villa back in the Premier League that should give Villa's longer term outlook make Villa's longer term outlook a lot healthier so the moment those guys were um were saluted and adored as they got out of those cars at Walsall was a massive turning point in this club's modern history. I don't often blag my way into the posh seats at Villa Park, but on this occasion, I was being wined and dined uh, at the expense of Villa's former sponsors, 32 Red, when my phone rang, and it was one of our photographers, Tim Easto. Are you working, Matt? Are you working? Well, not strictly. I'm, I'm part of the prawn sandwich brigade. He said, well, you've got it. I've got a great picture. Someone's just wanged a cabbage at Steve Bruce. Tim... Have you been drinking? No, someone has just wanged a cabbage at Steve Bruce. I've got the pictures of it. I'm like, okay, okay, this is an absolutely brilliant story. Now, forgive me the journalist instincts taking over from the fan instincts or the reasonable human being instincts. I should have actually said that's a, that's a step too far. we know that Steve Bruce has served his time here, but that's a step too far you don't assault people with any kind of vegetables whether it's sprouts whether it's cabbages whether it's carrots I said Tim i we'll run this story, but we need you to send the picture. I can't run this story without the without the the, the picture of the cabbage eventually as the as as the match has gone on this was the Preston game that proved to be Steve Bruce's last game random game fans didn't know whether to cheer goals or whether to to boo Bruce absolute crazy scenes inside Villa Park eventually this cabbage picture dropped on my email in the last minutes of the game probably around the time that Glenn Whelan was missing the penalty that ultimately cost Steve Bruce his job it was bizarre it looked like a cabbage that was about to perform on stars in their eyes. It was set in front of this glitzy backdrop of one of the advertising boards. And we just thought, it sums it up. It sums up what, what Aston Villa has become and what the relationship with, with Steve Bruce has become. As we know, not only was he out of the door and sacked the, the, the following day, um, but all the coverage and all the stories were dominated by this one image of a cabbage bizarre absolutely bizarre when Neil Diamond was belting out his classic hit during his heyday I can't envisage that he he would have thought he could have ever thought that John McGean, Jack Grealish Tyrone Mings would be singing it from a Wembley hotel several, several decades later. Sweet Caroline came to epitomise Aston Villa's successful season. I think it originally emerged in the away dressing room at the Hawthorns after Villa had had put away West Brom on penalties to get through to the playoff final. But it's become an anthem. And I think those scenes in the Wembley hotel on the balcony at Wembley itself were just kind of such an outpouring of euphoria, I mean, it's all—it's re- <coughs> all relative. Filling up there with emotion, it's all relative. Football fans will say, oh Villa fans don't know they were born." You know, we've had worse stories than that. But it's been pretty grim from a Villa fan point of view for ten years. Realising what Villa were capable of to what they became. So, when Dean Smith and Jack Grealish and John McGinn and Toro Mings could go through the whole team, when they actually gave us our Villa back by delivering a pro promotion season, a record-breaking win of games. <laughs> you know, got to the final and didn't pull the rug this time. It was such, such a, a, a brilliant moment. I remember being at, at Wembley with, with my lad. It's been a hard sell with my lad over 10 years, getting him to be a Villa fan. A little glory hunter thinks, can I have a Man City shirt, Dad? Can I have a Liverpool shirt? Nope, you can't. You're having a Villa shirt. You can wear a Villa shirt with pride now and it was that Wembley moment that was the culmination of (laughs) a challenging journey. Uh, If only I could carry a tune, I'd sing Sweet Caroline for you now, but I'm not going to, but what a tune, what a moment, what a season, what a way to remind us all that Aston Villa are back. What a tune? Sound like I'm a Desert Island Discs. (laughs)